there are some genetic freaks in this sport who's and their training is is just awful. You know, some of how their sessions are structured. You know, but yeah, it's exciting to maybe get hold of some of these guys and and uh, kind of get a proper program towards them. Welcome to the Barbend Podcast, where we talk to the smartest athletes, coaches, and minds from around the world of strength. I'm your host, David Thomas Tao, and this podcast is presented by Barbend.com. Today, I'm talking to professional strongman Adam Bishop, the reigning Britain's strongest man. As of this podcast's publication, the competition is actually coming up very soon. After playing rugby at a high level, Adam became a strength and conditioning coach for professional rugby players. And it was only in the past couple of years that he was able to focus full-time on training for strongmen. And his results have skyrocketed. Now a three-time World Strongest Man finalist, Adam talks about his evolution in the sport, along with the athletes he sees as his closest rivals. I do want to take a second to say we're incredibly thankful that you listen to this podcast. So if you haven't already, be sure to leave a rating and review of the Barbend podcast in your app of choice. Now let's get to the episode. Adam, really appreciate you joining us. I was going to say this morning, but it's evening your time. So first first task of my day, maybe the last of yours. But I got to ask, for those who aren't familiar with your background, how did you get into strength training and strength sports? Because not only are you a top strongman competitor, for a long time, you were also a strength and conditioning coach. So interesting, uh, kind of interesting combo there and interested how that uh, became your your career path in various ways. Yeah, I mean, I, I started properly strength training when I was 14 years old. Um, I was actually a rugby player. Uh, I was in the like junior setups at a premier premiership club, um, so in their academy. And originally, it was to put more weight on because I was too small. Uh, you know, to build some muscle, and you know, we got put on a regimented program there, which was great. Um, and you know, I progressed lifting, lifting through there. I was always really strong for my kind of uh, size and and age and stuff. And you know, uh, once I kind of finished playing rugby, I was, I was kind of a, a player who, um, you know, I was physically really gifted. Uh, like I said, I was strong, I was fast, um, I was powerful, but probably didn't have a set position on the field. You know, I'd play in the back row and then wish in the forwards, you know, uh, kind of like your offensive line in, in American football. And then I'd also then play in the backs like a wide receiver as a winger in, in rugby. So, you know, very, very much, you know, a jack of all trades, master of none and and uh, that's probably why the rugby didn't work out for me. And, you know, I went and studied uh, sports science at Loughborough University. And, and from there, I decided that, you know, I, you know since I can't, can't play, I'm going to go into coaching. And, and strength and conditioning has always been a, a passion of mine. Um, and that, that was about the same time I kind of moved into strongman as well, because, you know, I could have played some like lower, le- lower level stuff, not premiership, obviously, but, you know, played like championship or the league one or something like that in the lower leagues. Um, but it wouldn't have worked being an S&C coach at a rugby club and also playing. It just doesn't, you can't fit those two together. So that's where I kind of fell into strongman sport um, while I was up there studying. And, and you know, I just happened to go down and train on some kit in a dusty yard in the middle of Leicestershire and, you know, outside a farm and yeah, everything was kind of homemade and, yeah, uh, you know, kind of just took to it naturally. But, yeah, it was, uh, it, it was a... a Kind of you really fell into it. Obviously, I watched like everyone. I think everyone's watched kind of World's Strongest Man at TV on at Christmas uh, over in the UK. 
Uh, it was something I was always kind of fascinated with. Always, always been fascinated with the kind of absolutes, you know, uh, the fastest, the fittest, the strongest. Uh, for me, kind of strength came more naturally. So, yeah, as I progressed through that, and and um, you know, that went kind of hand in hand with with working at Holloquins Rugby Club as an S and C coach, uh, which I did for for ten years. So, yeah, as my kind of strongman developed, I also was working with professional rugby players and and kind of learning and and working with them and getting them as stronger as well as trying to apply the things for, for myself to get strong as well. When did you make the decision to step away from the full-time strength and conditioning career to focus strictly on strongmen? You know what? It actually, um, it, it happened during the whole kind of COVID, you know, the oh, scary. Okay. We, we said that, you know, we had the first lockdown over here in the UK and everything shut down. Um, we were put on furlough through work, uh, which means we weren't going into work. And, I was fortunate, you know, I moved to a new house and I had a home gym anyway, which was doing all my training before. So it, it, it really didn't affect me. And when I wasn't working, I was just training. I just found that I couldn't believe how much stronger I was getting, you know, how much muscle mass I was putting on, how much I was improving. Um, so that kind of planted the seed for me to, to first kind of reduce my hours at work. Um, and then, you know, in February of uh, this year, 2021, I, I kind of left the role and concentrated on strongman. And it was more of a case of, you know, I love my job. So I did, I, you know, I love working with the players. I love seeing people improve. I mean, I'm first and foremost, I'm a coach. Um, but I would have kicked myself if I had any what ifs at the end of my career, you know, and the fact that I'm thinking, you know, if I did go full time, if I, sorry, if, you know, if, if I didn't go full time and I didn't get to, you know, the top of what I want to achieve, then, you know, what would have happened and stuff like that. And I just didn't want that. So, you know, we made it work. Uh, fortunately, I've got some great sponsors. Uh, to help me along the way. And, and yeah, we're going, we've gone full time now. It's almost like focusing in on the recovery, the other, you know, 22 hours of the day, you're not training, maximizing sleep. That's what I talk to. The number one thing that athletes say when they leave a job outside of training and focus full time on training, they're like, yeah, I started sleeping two more hours a night. Oh god, yeah, yeah. I didn't. I didn't have to get up. But you know, usually, just to give you an idea of what my work day was. You know, I'd, I'd kind of get up at five thirty, six o'clock. Uh, get up, eat, get into the office. I'd be at my desk for seven a.m. Uh, do my paperwork. And my first gym sessions at eight with the players. You know, and then we'd, we'd roll all the way through the day. A couple of sessions, a couple of on-field sessions. <clears throat> Not a lot of time to sit down and eat. So I'm eating out of Tupperwares or maybe a shake. Uh, and then you know, I'd finish. I try and get away as soon as I could, so I'd maybe finish at four or five, um, get home, have a quick nap, and then I'd be training from seven till nine, have a meal, get to bed, and then do it all again. So yeah, you're right. You know, the, that was one of the first thing I noticed during that lockdown um, when I was working full time was how much more sleep I was getting, and also how much more time I had to to cook fresh food. You know, it wasn't you know pre prepared in a box, or it wasn't a shake, or it wasn't any compromises. You know, it was you know fresh steak, chicken you know, fresh rice and everything like that. It was fantastic. What are some of the uh, increases in strength in, in the specific, it could be specific events or specific lifts that you saw most quickly after your transition over to full-time? Well, I found my, um, you know, my, my deadlift improved massively. Uh, again, it's always been a strong event of mine, but I just found that, you know, handling the heavier weights uh, during that lockdown, I, I pulled a, a heavy kind of training lift of, on the silver dollar deadlift. Um, uh, just uh, about like 12, 1,200 pounds. Um, and then, you know, my deadlift for reps was going well with the 400 kilo. And uh, I also just noticing that, you know, for me, I've always struggled to put on body weight. 
you know, and body in a couple of strongman events, you know, obviously your truck pulls and your pressing events. So I found my, my pressing is started to improve, which has historically been a weak event for me. Um, and that was probably what I was most kind of happy with is the fact that I was actually seeing some progress on, on my weaker events. You've, you've mentioned before kind of lightheartedly that you're one of the, the smaller guys in strongman in your division. You're not a small person by any objective measure, but has, you know, how has your body weight journey been? I'm curious from your rugby playing days through to, through to now. I'm going to, sorry to any American listeners, I'm going to have to work in kilos here. So we'll hey, just hey. have to double it, you know, for pounds, but. If any, if any Americans can deal in kilos, it's it's barbend podcast listeners because kilograms rule the strength world. It's okay. Yeah, good, good. Uh, so when, yeah, when I was playing rugby, I was I was playing on the wing at around uh, 100 kilos, um, and then I was competing in the lightweight or the, uh, the middleweight, I guess, uh, men's division, uh, the under 105 kilo. Uh, I was there for a couple of years, being you know I'd, I'd kind of cut weight from 112 to that, get down to 105, and then back up to 112. Um, and I just put on a small amount of weight every year. So pretty much about five kilos I'd put on every year, um, just because I wanted to make sure the weight I was putting on was, was good quality tissue. Uh, um, and I was in no rush, you know, I, I, I love strong man. I was in no rush to get to world's strongest man quickly or, or, um, risk my health, uh, by putting on a load of weight. Um, and also I needed to make sure that I stayed, um, dominant and, and, and good at the events that I was already good at. Um, I think a lot of people, when they just slap on a load of weight to get a little bit stronger, they get worse at the moving events. Um, so that was that was a non-negotiable for me. It was the fact I wanted to maintain my kind of speed and, and fitness and stuff. So, yeah, you know, I'm sitting at 100, 153 kilos now. Um, so, yeah, I joke around about being one of the smaller guys, but hey, there's a lot, a, lot, a lot of smaller guys than me now to being a world. Obviously, Alexi, uh, Kevin Fairs, both lighter as well. So, yeah, we joke about it, but I think I've, I've done well putting on some weight in the last couple of years. And and how tall are you? Just for just for reference, uh, I'm six six or three. So yeah, it's so one of the of, one of the smaller guys, exactly. One of the smaller guys, you know. We got giants like Brian and, and Thor, um, you know, and Oberst, and yeah, even guys like you know people don't realize kind of how tall uh, Jerry Pritch is. You know, everyone thinks he's kind of a, a normal size when you stand next to Jerry, huge huge man. Uh, so yeah, probably one of the shorter guys. Let's say. Let's talk a little bit about that that approach, and, and especially when it comes to say maintaining health, because that higher body weight conditioning can be a challenge. Maintaining conditioning can be a challenge. It's something we've actually seen come back to bite a lot of strongman athletes in the open division over the course of events. They'll start events, um, you know, it could be a, a single day event. They'll start off on a tear, but by the end of the day, they're just kind of running on running on fumes so as someone with a strength and conditioning background as someone who played a sport with a heavy endurance component in rugby how are you incorporating conditioning into into your training yeah so i keep it very specific um i do all my general health stuff i think people don't don't underestimate the the value of doing kind of like steady state work you know like I'll, i'll go for a walk every morning it doesn't sound like much but you know, when you're when you're over 155 kilos or 153 kilos, suddenly you're just going for an uphill walk is quite tough. Um, but yeah, I'll do my walking just to to maintain that base level of cardiovascular health, which is hugely important. You know, for like I said, recovering between events, etc. Um, and then I'll train towards the competition. So, for example, world strongest man, bit slower, more time between events, heavier events. I'll I'll tend to um, put on some weight and, and train towards those heavy events and stuff like Britain's strongest man which is a fast, fast show. Anyone who's watched the Giants live 
uh, live stream is crazy quick. Uh, I'll make sure that when I'm training, I'm training those events as if it's competition. So I'm doing the loading races, I'm having short rests, and then I'm doing the yoke race, and I'm short rest, and I'm doing the the, uh, the stones. So I'll regularly do four or five events in an event session uh, to try and replicate that, that feeling of competing on the day. Excellent. Now, let's take us through a, a general training week. Obviously, it varies based on upcoming competitions, but curious about the question we always get from listeners or from readers in our articles is, what's your split? Obviously, it's a little bit more complex than that, and it has to vary based on the season and upcoming competitions and schedule, but what's a normal-ish training week look like for you? So, yeah, right now, my training split, obviously, we are deep into the season. Uh, we've got Brit's Strongest Man coming up. So on Monday morning, I'll deadlift and do some back assistance work. That's actual deadlift. Um, so it's a short session, probably 50 minutes. Uh, then I'll rest. And in the afternoon, I'll go back in and do all my leg volume work. Just like simple hypertrophy work, you know, some machine-based stuff. Um, Tuesday is a recovery day. Wednesday morning, um, I'll do dumbbell work, uh, speed yoke, and some loading race in the morning. And so effectively event, events morning and then in the evening I'll do uh, pressing volume, so all my bodybuilding movements for you know chest, triceps, uh, deltoids, stuff like that. Uh, Thursday's another rest day. And then Friday's my one big event session. So afternoon session, I'll do my kind of five five events there. You know, and at the moment that's training heavier yoke, um, training uh, loading races, stones, etc. So yeah, it's uh, that's it. You know, five five sessions. Um, I prefer to structure heavier and lighter days as opposed to spreading it throughout the week. Um, I'll tend to kind of like smash my body on Monday, Wednesday, Friday, and then the rest of the time I'm, I'm recovering and and growing and making sure I'm ready for the next session, which I think is is the the, the biggest challenge really with strongman is making sure you don't break and uh, you, you you stay fit and strong, ready for the next session. Of those sessions, which is the most grueling? Uh, I think Monday is probably the, the most grueling session day, day total. Cause obviously I've got to go in, warm up deadlift and I'm shifting obviously bigger numbers on the deadlift as well. Um, and then to come back in the evening and have to lift heavy again with my like leg presses and back extension and stuff like that. It's, it's, it's a tough one mentally to get my head around. Um, the Friday session is just good fun. It's all event stuff. It's always fun to train. So it's not, not really a problem. What are your, I mean, you mentioned we're deep in the season and, very much so. In, in a long strongman season, uh, certainly longer than we had in 2020, upcoming events. Talk about what you're training for now. We're going to try and give a, get a quick turnaround on getting this podcast out. So um, yeah, what are, you, what are you really focused on right now for the remainder of the year? So I'm finishing up with um, Britain's Strongest Man, which is on the 23rd of October. Um, and you know, that's the one I, need, I want to retain my title. We've got a couple of big problems from north of the border, the Stolman Brothers. Uh, we're in good form at the moment, but I want to make sure that that British Strongest Man title stays stays in England. You know they've had enough. They've had enough trophies this year. They can uh, do without one more. Scotland's had a pretty good, pretty good strongman year historically speaking. It has, yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, it's been a busy season for us. I think I've done ten competitions uh, in a year, um, just because everything's been compacted due to obviously the COVID stuff and coming out of that, um, which is more than I've ever done before. Um, so I've made sure I've got a couple of weeks off, you know, I decided not to do the, the Arnold UK, um, just to rest up and make sure I'm fresh for, for Britain's Strongest Man. 
Britain's Strongest Man, for those who aren't familiar, you mentioned it's a lightning fast show. Uh, a lot of a lot of Giants live shows are a lot of the stadium shows are are quick, quick, quick because it's it's built for a live stream. It's built so someone can you know sit down and 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 watch the whole thing a bit like a, a bit like a movie or a documentary link. Let's call it that. Um, you know how are you how are you feeling right now? We're we're recording this about three weeks out, a little more than three weeks out. How are you feeling right now? You mentioned you have to defend your title uh, against the Stoltman brothers, Luke and Tom. Um, what's your what's your focus? What's your prep? I'm feeling great. Uh, I feel really really good. Uh, like I said, as we're deep in the season, I'm not going to get any stronger. But it's just about making sure I'm efficient on all the events and stuff. And, you know, everything's going well in training. Uh, the events are great for me. Um, so we've got like a dumbbell medley, yoke, uh, deadlift for reps, which is obviously always a good event for me, uh, Atlas Stones and uh, loading race. So, yeah, it, it's going to be a close, close show because I think the, st- the strength and depth in, in Britain has become so good. Um, that you know, it's not like you just have to beat one or two guys anymore. You, you've got so many guys coming, like up and coming guys who are trying to trying to stamp their mark on it. So yeah, it's going to be a tough show, but yeah, I'm I'm very confident I'll be retaining my title. I remember when we I think posted about an article and also social posts years ago. I guess this is 2017 ish, 2018, when Eddie Hall basically said he was done with strongman after he won World Strongest Man. And there were so many commentators and, and armchair experts that said, oh, strongman in Britain is dead for a while. There aren't going to be good British strongman competitors. And boy, were they wrong. Because the depth of talent in Britain, is it's, it's unreal these days. What do you attribute that to, if anything? I think, um, in all honesty, I think Eddie, Terry Hollands, uh, Mark Felix, Loz, these guys kind of really pushed the sport on. Plus, you know, Eddie was a massive part of this, obviously, with his success. But the the Giants live shows and getting those big arena shows has just often like opened so many doors for us as strongmen to operate full time. Um, but you have to remember, obviously, in 2019, uh, myself and the, the Stolman brothers both made the final, our first final at Worlds. Um, and yeah, you're right. Everyone was worried that, and even the Giants live promoters were worried about the next year after Eddie retired. So they worried about 2019. And then they broke the record for the ticket sales for that and they broke it again for 2020, you know, and we're, we're filling the stadium still. Because when Eddie was competing, he was so far ahead of a lot of people that he kind of dominated the show and it was the Eddie Hall show. Um, and, and now we've got everyone so close that it's probably a better competition to watch. Um, no one's just running away with any events. Um, so it's, it's more of a case of that's a better competition for, for more people to kind of watch. If you could change one thing about the sport of strongman, and obviously strongman is a broad sport, there are different divisions, body weight categories. I, I know you're not necessarily necessarily speaking for every strongman athlete here, but if you could change one or a couple things about the sport, what might they be? Uh, I'd get rid of front hold. That's for sure. <laughs> Definitely, I don't mean front hold started to creep back in, and we, you know, it's. It's just not an enjoyable event for us, really, you know, having to, to bite through the pain. Uh, but no, look, I think, in all honesty, Strongman is probably in the best place for athletes. It's been for a long, long time. Uh, we've got various different shows, you know, not just Giants Live, but Brian Shaw, the Shaw Classic, you know, he's, he's giving back to the athletes. Um, and we, we, we've never had it so good in terms of both an earning potential and also from a, a social media standpoint. And, and, you know, I think it's incredibly popular these days. 
Um, so yeah, there's not much I would change in all honesty. I think everything's going great. Um, you know, even, even, you know, the stuff with worlds and stuff is, is, is progressing on, uh, for the athlete, increasing prize money and, and stuff like that. So yeah, I'm, I'm very happy with the way things are at the moment and long may it continue to rise in popularity. Let's talk about career longevity. That's, a uh, something that comes up often in conversations about strongman, especially in the men's open division, right? Especially with the, with the true giants. And, you know, we see athletes retire from the sport. We see Eddie Hall retire, immediately lose a good bit of weight. We see Thor retire, immediately lose a weight equivalent to your average person. And he's still pr- pretty large. Um, how long do you want to compete in this sport? And how long do you think you can compete at a high level? I ask this knowing that you haven't reached your peak. I mean, you are entering a phase of your career where you are having more success than than ever after a long buildup. So how long do you plan on actually, you know, trying to be at this level? Well, I've, I've always said that I'm in this game for the long haul. Um, I know, obviously speaking to Eddie and Eddie, knowing Eddie quite well, he was more, he wanted to get to the top quickly. And then that was, that was him. He wanted to then get out, get out of the game, you know, but for me, I'm an athlete. I, I enjoy competing. I enjoy the whole, atmosphere so i'm in it for the long haul um realistically i think you've probably got 10 years at the top level before your body probably starts to fall apart uh so that's what i'm working towards which means i've probably got another four years uh that'll put me at 36 um i'd imagine i probably would have peaked in strength by then um but look you never know i mean i'm good friends with terry hollands and he retired and then came back uh so you never know as long as i'm healthy and happy i'll I'll continue competing Excellent. Well, do you have any? And I, I asked, uh, I asked Laws this on a on a podcast recording a couple of weeks ago. And obviously, he's kind of already there in the transition period of his career. Speaking of retiring, then unretiring, uh, do you have any kind of aspirations or looks beyond your days as a competitor? What you might want to do in the strongman space or com- or elsewhere? It could be something completely different. Uh, well, a lot of my, my friends and family say I should go into kind of the TV and the commentating side of things. But in all honesty, you know, I think I'll just enjoy it. I'll enjoy watching Strongman and I'll continue to coach. You know, I'd, I'd love to actually, once I do step away from the sport, is uh, work one-on-one with some Strongman athletes. You know, some of the open competitors when I'm not competing against them, uh, I'd love to work with. Because there are some genetic freaks in this sport who's, and their training is is just awful. You know, some of this sessions are structured you know and i've always said about obviously like terry but you know when terry was competing when he was kind of at his peak strength like his training was all over the place um and he could have been so much stronger um because he was yeah a, a genetic freak and you know he always has been a genetic freak but yeah it's exciting to maybe get a hold of some of these guys and and uh kind of get a proper program towards them uh but look that's way off yet it's probably something to to think about in the future who do you like competing against the most? Uh, I love competing against, um, obviously, Brian. Uh, the Stolten boys, you know, we, we've gone through the ranks together, so I really enjoy competing against them. Um, but, yeah, all the guys, really. Um, Alexi's always good value. Uh, being against him, he was, always goes a little bit crazy. Same with Misha as well. Uh, Misha Shivakov, he, he, he's always great value to be around, even though we get past the language barrier with a lot of sign language. Um, but yeah, they, 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 all the guys are great. Um, and just to enjoy their company. Okay. Do you have a rival in the sport or a frenemy? <laughs> I guess, I guess for me, like obviously it's the Stoltmans again. I mean, we've, we've come up 
together. We kind of pip each other at certain comps and, and they've had a really good run this year as well. Uh, it's always cl- kind of close to Britain's between us. So yeah, it's probably a, a good rivalry. But the great thing is obviously we'll compete and then afterwards we'll we'll order a pizza and sit down all together and have some food. So that's the, the best thing about Strongman really. Just one pizza among the three of you? I don't believe that at all. We'll probably get a couple. Yeah. <laughs> well, Adam, where's the best place for people to follow along with you, upcoming competitions and your training? Yeah, so uh, probably best over on Instagram. Uh, over Instagram or Facebook. So it's uh, Adam Bishop Strongman on Instagram and Adam Bishop SD on Facebook. I tend to post all my training up there and some kind of tips and stuff as well. So yeah, check out. Excellent. Well, thanks so much for joining us. Appreciate your time. Cheers, guys. Thank you.